Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. My uh, midweek uh, time with you on midweeks, uh, at least when I'm ministering, I'm talking about faith and the life of faith and living by faith and staying in faith. Come on. And uh, we're going to do some more of that again tonight. And uh, it's amazing how much the word has to say about faith, isn't it? Hallelujah. So let's look at our opening verse again, uh, like we've done every time. Praise God. Mark 11, 22. Praise God. Of course, early on in the year, we, we took the time and went through this whole text. And this is Jesus, of course, a- answering the disciples. They noticed that the fig tree that he had cursed, amen, had died by the roots. Had basically instantaneous. It's, you know, they go into town. By the time they're coming back out, they're already noticing this thing's dying. So that's pretty quick work. And Jesus answered and said this to him. You know, they, they wanted to know how that happened. Well, have faith in God. Amen. And uh, that's how it, how it begins. Now, it kind of seems like a dust statement, um, you know, have faith in God. But in all honesty, when you, when you kind of get into faith, start talking about faith, um, it's actually a pretty, pretty necessary statement because it's real easy as believers sometimes to lose sight of where our faith lies. Come on. We all know the right answer. I said we all know the right answer, um, but sometimes we, we forget about it. Sometimes we lose sight of it, and so that's why we've been taking the time this year looking at this. So let's give a, a, the Amplified Translation of this. It just adds really the word constantly. You know, Jesus said to them, have faith in God constantly, and that's really been kind of, uh, you know, why we've jumped on this. We're, we, want this con- we want this thing to be working in us every day, amen. The Message Translation uh, kind of says it a little different. It says embrace this God life, right? Embrace this God life, this faith life, a God life, right? Really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you, praise God. Say to this mountain, for instance, uh, just say go jump in the lake and what? No shuffling, no shilly-shallying, praise God, and it's as good as done, hallelujah. Means it'll happen, praise God. Well, it's the same with you and me. If we stand our ground, walk by faith, live by faith, praise God. Guess what? We kind of have those results too, praise the Lord. I said we'll get those results too. Can I hear a big amen? Okay, with that said, talking about the God life, let's look at Hebrews 10. Hallelujah, just our key verses here. Uh, Now the just shall live by faith. This is how we live. The just, of course, uh, the word just means justified, justification, righteous, righteousness, all the same word. Um, It just depends how it's used in the sentence, but... I mean, know you all been justified based on what Jesus did. Come on. Amen. You all are uh, the righteousness of God, the Word of God says, because of what Christ has done. Amen. You're in right standing with Him because of what He did, not because of what you did. It's good to know, isn't it? Amen. So you're the just. Now, the reason we have to say that is because you might say, you might say well, I don't feel like I'm the just. Well, we're not going by feelings. Well, I don't really even some days look like I'm the just. Well, that could be, it could be true because there's been a few folks I've wondered. Come on, somebody. But they have accepted Christ, which makes them the just. Amen. Now, the just have a way of life. They have a lifestyle. And this is how we live. We live by faith. Amen. Now, this word faith, again, uh, word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, is the Greek word. And it just means uh, a belief in, a conviction of, which is going to be maybe a, uh, a key word again this week. Um, conviction, reliance, dependence. Uh, the word trust is another word that's used for this uh, word faith. Um, in fact, in, in the Old Covenant, that's the word for faith, is the word trust. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, right? Come on. Have faith in God with all your heart is what it's saying. 
Amen. So uh, we live by faith. Now the word live here, uh, was just because of some things we've been talking about on Sunday, about zoe life, this is a different word life. Uh, this is zeo, okay? So and it just means how you conduct life, how you live life, day by day, step by step. Uh, so the just live, they conduct their life every day by faith. That's how we do it. That's our lifestyle. Amen. Hallelujah. We're, uh, we're believers, not doubt and outers. I said we're believers. Any, any believers in the house today? Amen. So you're faith people, praise God. Amen. And it says, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him or has no satisfaction uh, in that. So we uh, took some time. Uh, last time I was with you, talked about, about that, that without faith, it's impossible to please him, isn't it? And we talked about, we went through several verses dealing with things that bring pleasure to God and how, how faith is so involved in it, praise God. But it says here, if anyone draws back, now look at your neighbor and say, no more drawing back. Now let me, uh, let me define that once again. Um, I think, you know, early on we took some time to define it, but I want to do it again tonight because of where I want to go tonight. Um, the word draw back means to cower or shrink back. Uh, to shun or withdraw. It even uses words like conceal or to keep back, but it means to withhold under pressure, to withhold. So in other words, when pressure's on, you're, 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 you're not putting yourself out there. Are you hearing me? Instead, you're kind of backing up, so that's what it means if anyone draws back. Now, now we're not called to draw back. We ain't designed to draw back, and the life of faith never draws back, praise God. We move forward. Amen. Even on times when the pressure's on, that's really, to be honest, if you, once you start getting a hold of this, you realize and recognize that in the pressure moments when you gain the most ground. It, it's true. In, in the pressure moments, amen, that's when you gain the most ground, amen. So, uh, you know, when the pressure's on, that's when you stand up and say, nope, I refuse to back up. You just take another step or two forward, praise God, and you'd be amazed at how far you get then, amen. It's like sowing in famine. You know, there's, 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 a, uh, there's such a, a harvest when you sow in famine. Oh, most everybody says, oh, no, famine. They all pull back, cinch up the belt. Come on, cinch up the pockets. Come on. And it, those are the times to sow because there's, there's such a huge harvest that comes as a result of sowing in famine. I mean, it's just one of those areas. Amen. Uh, taking a stand by faith. When the pressure's on, that's when you stand up and say, I refuse to buckle under it. I refuse to draw back. I refuse to pull back. I refuse to look back. Come on, somebody. I'm moving forward, praise God. Most healings will even manifest when you start doing that. Because when you feel like it ain't working, that's when you step forward the most. And that's usually where you'll get your breakthrough. Amen? All right, enough said on that. The key verse today, we're going uh, to go to Romans chapter 14, please. Romans 14. Everybody good tonight? All right, Romans 14, and I think I'm going to just read the last couple verses of this one, and uh, I might touch on part of this. Uh, let's see here. Let's, so Romans 14, verse, uh, what did I give you, Karen, 22 and 23? Let's do that. It says, uh, do you have faith? Like he's asking the question here. Um, do you have faith? Ha have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves, and I'm going to explain it here in a minute. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, um, because he does not eat from faith. 
for whatever is not from faith is sin. That's going to be our key verse, of course, or our key statement, whatever is not from faith is sin. Now, in context, um, in fact, let's do this, Karen. Let's do, um, put the amplified up of these two verses. <clears throat> Your personal convictions on such matters. Now, the, the matter at hand he's talking about is, uh, you know, people that have certain convictions about what they eat, what they don't eat, okay? And that's what he's dealing with at the time. But, but uh, Paul made the statement uh, early on in, in verse uh, 17. He says, the kingdom is, is not about meat or drink, not about what you eat or what you drink. That's not really what it's about. It's about righteousness, right? It's about justification in Christ. It's about peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's about bringing wholeness and getting people free. And, 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 and that, that's what he was bringing out. Uh, but he says, but there's, there's uh, some people have still convictions about what they eat or what they don't eat. And he's using this as an example. Now, I'm not going to talk about what you eat or what you don't eat, okay, because I still like a bacon double cheese once in a while, amen. So I'm not going to tell you, you know, what you can or can't eat. But, you know, uh, you know some people uh, don't eat pork, for instance, okay. In fact, in the people he's writing to, that's probably one of the things that, uh, you know, under the law they still knew they couldn't eat pork and uh, certain other foods. But, uh, but he says, listen, you, uh, there might be some people have a conviction about not eating pork, and he says, well, then hold to your conviction. If you feel that's what God wants you to hold to, then you hold to that conviction. Are you hearing me? And don't be a stumbling block for those that do hold to that conviction. That's what he's saying in this context, all right? Now, I'm not going to talk about foods, but, but we'll just use it as an illustration, okay? So if Rick came to me and says, Pastor, I want to buy you lunch. Hint, hint. Uh, anyway, um, um, I want to buy you lunch and, and uh, uh, I want to go you know, out and whatever, and, uh, but I just want you to know um, I don't eat pork. Well, out of common courtesy and out of respect to Rick, uh, you know, according to this text here, uh, you know, in, this, in Romans 14 here, out of honor and respect to you, out of your convictions, I'm not going to order pork chops. Are you hearing me? Just out of respect to him. So I'm not going to be a stumbling block to him. Are you still with me? But also in this context, it talks about, Rick, if you have uh, the conviction, which he doesn't, I don't think. But anyway, if he had the conviction about not eating pork, then what are you doing eating bacon every morning? Are you with me? See, he's, he's addressing some things here in this text. He's addressing the convictions of people and uh, holding true to your convictions and also at the same time not being a stumbling block to others who hold these uh, convictions. Are you still with me? Now, that's what's being said here. Okay, well, enough said about food, all right? So he says here in, in, Amplified, in the Amplified, verse 22, your personal convictions on such matters, that's the matters we're talking about, uh, exercise them as in God's presence, keeping them to yourself, striving only to know the truth and obey His will. In other words, whatever God's talking to you about, then hold to that, okay, about that. And, of course, in context, dealing with the food situation. Blessed, happy, to be envied is he who has no reason to judge himself for what he approves, who does not convict himself by what he chooses to do. In other words, you have no, con in other words, you have no condemnation or anything going on uh, on the inside because you feel like you're holding true to what God's asked you to do. That's what he's referring to here. Uh, verse 23, please. But the man who has doubts, misgivings, or uneasy conscience about eating, in other words, he's warring with it a little bit. 
and then eats, perhaps because of you. In other words, he goes ahead and eats because even though he knows in his own heart he shouldn't, but, you know, uh, you know somebody else is doing it well, and it's, he's wavering. That's what it's talking about. Somebody here now is kind of wavering on it, okay? Perhaps because of you, stand condemned. That's what happens because now that he's, 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 now, he's now overriding a conviction, are you hearing me? Now it's an open door for the enemy, come on, and here comes condemnation and guilt because now you've crossed a line that you have maybe somewhere along the line said, this is what I will do or this is what I will not do. And now you cross that line, and now all of a sudden here comes condemnation and guilt, inferiority. That's just how the devil works. The devil gets you to do, you know, you make, you make a decision, I'm going to stand for God in some area of your life, and about the time you do that, here comes the pressure, man. Here comes the pressure. And so it all, everything's hitting you now, and, and the temptation is still to slip back and do it. And the problem with that, the enemy convinces you to do it, and then turns around and then hits you with condemnation because you did do it. That's what he does. That's his game. That's part of that, uh, the wiles or the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, it says don't be ignorant of his devices. You know, those the word device literally means head trips. And that's what he does. That's just how he, that's his game. Now, I have to say all that because of this last statement here, okay? So, because uh, he is not true to his convictions and he does not act from faith, for whatever does not originate or proceed from faith is sin. Whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God is sinful. In other words, you've bypassed a conviction. Now, as a result of it, it becomes sin because you knew you shouldn't have done it, but you did it anyway. See, sin, according to James 4, I might have gave you that one, Karen, I don't know, James 4 and 17, brings out the fact that sin is really to know to do good and then not to do it. You know what you should be doing, what you should be doing, what you should be doing, come on. See, it's not about shoving everybody, shoving your convictions down everybody else's throat. Come on now. But you know what you should be doing, right? So what happens is you bypass that, you overrode it, you overrode that conviction. Now as a result, here comes condemnation and guilt trying to uh, slap you around a little bit because in your own heart, it's really your own heart can condemn you really. But what it is, see, it's an open door for the enemy. And that's why he says in, in, your, con, in your text, to see, you have a, uh, if you have the New King James, it says that whatever is not from faith is sin. So in other words, the word faith again, pistis, talking about conviction. So whatever, whatever is not based, whatever is not operating based on your conviction, if you override that conviction, it now becomes sin. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't be forgiven and praise God for the blood. And it doesn't even mean, listen, it could even mean uh, that down the road you may get a little more information and a little more revelation and what maybe used to maybe, you know, you used to hold to this, but all of a sudden due to some new insight, new understanding, maybe you made an adjustment on your, you know, especially like this kind of a, a deal. Okay, you may find out that really, you know, what I eat isn't really going to determine, you know, when it comes time to kingdom principles, come on. You know, now, you know, unless God's talking about your weight and all kinds of things, says you need to stop this and do more of this, and then you got, again, there's another conviction now. You got to hold to that. Come on. Are you, are you bored with me tonight? All right, because this, this whole thing, see, see what, you have to understand that this is a principle that works in every one of your convictions. It ain't just about what you eat or don't eat. 
Whatever is, whatever is not from faith is sin. Put the um, message translation of these verses, and I love this. It's kind of how he words it here. Uh, Cultivate your own relationship with God, but don't impose it on others. You're fortunate if your, I love this, if your behavior and your belief are coherent. That's really the key. That's really what we're addressing tonight. Okay, you have certain convictions, well, then follow them. And if you're growing and developing and all of a sudden some of those get tweaked a little bit and modified a little bit, that's great. Then you, you upgrade your conviction, so to speak. There's some things I have conviction about now that I didn't when I first got saved because I didn't know anything about it. And I made those mistakes, and even at that time it wasn't sin because I didn't know anything about it. But, you know, as I grew in the Lord and, you know, matured in God, a little more stuff started coming alive, my eyes began to come open to things, and all of a sudden, my convictions are a little different now. What I used to say back then, I don't say now. What I used to do back then, I don't do now. But the same thing holds true, that when I override those kind of convictions, and I do something, or say something, or react, or not do, whatever it is, amen, and I bypass my conviction, here comes the condemnation and guilt again, or at least it tries. That's how it works. You still with me? So whatever's not faith is sin. Uh, go on, let's read the rest of it here. But if you're not sure, if you notice that you are acting in ways inconsistent with what you believe, some days trying to, and I like how he kind of his twist on this, some days trying to impose your opinions on others, and other days just trying to please them. In other words, one day I'm standing, my saying, no, I believe this is the way it is, and the next day you're just caving into it and doing whatever they do. That's what it's saying here. All right, then you know that you're out of line. Uh oh, then you're out of line. Well, they're doing it and get away with it. Well, but that's not you. And maybe their convictions ain't your conviction, or maybe they don't have any convictions, depending on who you're hanging with. <laughs> right? I mean, really, you know. So, but you got convictions, or at least you should. I think if you've been in this house for any length of time, you're going to have some com- different convictions than some others. Come on now. That's not doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. It's just that certain things that you've heard and you know and you're coming into some insight about some things. And, uh, you know, I don't live that way anymore. I don't talk that way no more. I don't act that way no more, right? See, is your, is your behavior lining up with your belief? Are they coherent? Here we go, the last statement. If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. <laughs> Is that right? Then it's wrong. So, you know, we're talking about living by faith and and conducting life by faith. And and you have to understand that what goes along with that is you're going to have convictions. Certain convictions. There's certain things that you're going to have to snap a plumb line once in a while. And say, in order to to live this way and conduct life, if I want to see this area of my life change, then i got to be willing to take these few steps, snap a plumb line, and say, no more back there. I'm different. To live this life of faith, it, it requires that. And that's why a lot of people oppose it. Because leave my life alone. I want to do what I want, say what I want, and act like I want. But if you're going to go anywhere in God, if you're going to try to, you know, do this thing right, you're going to, there's going to be adjustments, there's going to be changes, there's going to be things that, that you're going to see different, and I should say you're going to see maybe some things clearly, and know 
I don't do that no more. I don't, I don't respond that way no more. I don't talk that way no more. I don't react that way no more. And then have some conviction about it. So that if it, you do cross that line, there ought to be that scratchy feeling on the inside. You know you kind of crossed the line. Come on, somebody. And you have to understand how the enemy works because here then comes the condemnation and the guilt. And you have to take your stand against that mess. Come on. See, we're not saying that when you cross a line that there, there ain't times to stand, get yourself, you know, repent, get yourself forgiven. Come on, somebody. And when I say it that way, I don't mean like you got to try to beg God to forgive you. Just repent, turn, and go the other way. Come on, somebody. And there's forgiveness there. The blood of Jesus handles that. But the, the condemnation and the guilt still try to hit you. And you, that's why we, we stand in who we are in Christ. That makes the just shall live by faith. But if the, the more you have conviction, the less apt you're probably going to keep going back there. Come on now. Well, you know, I can't look at that stuff anymore. Well, good. Well, what do you think, Pastor? No, I, I, I made that decision, you know, 30 years ago. You, you know, that's you to make. You need to make that decision now. That's, you need to make that decision. I can't make it for you. But you start, obviously, something. God's starting to work something in your heart now. So what you need to do is start, you know, settling it. Amen. Snap that plumb line, so to speak. Cross over that thing and just say enough's enough. Then I'm, I'm done looking at that. Are you still hearing me? And then, and then follow that. Amen. Okay. Are you still glad you came out on a Wednesday night? All right, so uh, let me give you a couple other translations. I think that's all I gave you back there, Karen, but uh, the J.B. Phillips says it this way, that when we act apart from our faith, we sin. I thought that was a pretty good way of saying it. Uh, the Williams translation says it this way, that uh, he did not follow his faith. Uh, let's see, it says here, and, uh, and, and any action, I like how it said, and any action that doesn't follow one's faith is sin. The New Living says it this way, no uh, it talks about not following our convictions. He says, if you do anything, I love this, if you do anything you believe is not right, you're sinning. So in other words, you're crossing that line. So the point is this, you know when you sin. <laughs> Somebody's like, well, I didn't know. No, you do know, because arrest ain't sin. Sin is when you know. But you know, you already knew. You knew what you were doing. In fact, at first John brings it out. He says, sin is lawlessness. What's that mean? Well, it means you know what the, the line is. You know, you know the parameters. You, you know the lane. And you decide, I don't want to be in that lane. No, you know the lane. No, I went out of the lane. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going out of the lane. So what that is, see, lawlessness, come on. So what it is, that's sin now to you. Because you made a decision, I'm going to run outside the line. Are you, are you hearing me? See, that's the difference. Now, sin, uh, again, is always a mistake, but a mistake isn't always sin. Sometimes it's just a flat mistake. They didn't know. It's just a mistake. But sin is knowing when you cross the line. That's why you have to understand that, because he says whatever is not a faith is sin. So we're talking about convictions that one has and you know your convictions, and you know when you crossed your li that line of conviction. So now it becomes sin. Are you still with me? Okay. Now, let's do this. Um, Karen, let's go to Proverbs. Put Proverbs up there. Um, 
Let's see. I know I um, skipped a couple references, but let's do Proverbs 20, verse 6 and 7, please. Now, we used one of these verses uh, probably, you know, a couple months back when we were talking about faithfulness. Uh, it says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, um, but who can find a faithful man? All right, now the word faithful means true to what you believe. So faith is, um, you know, to believe, but to be faithful means to be true to what you believe. In other words, you're going to stay true to it, all right? So he's saying here, you know, people saying, you know, they may be proclaiming or boasting or saying, uh, you know, their own goodness. Now, I'm going to define it here in a second, but, uh, but he's, he's looking. He says, anybody can say whatever they want to say. So you may be saying what you believe or whatever, whatever, but I want to know, is there somebody that's going to hold true to it? Now, the word goodness here is the word hasid, and a lot of times it's, it's defined as covenant kindness. Um, but when you, when you, when you de, uh, look into lexicons uh, with this verse, it brings out a little bit different twist to it. It's talking about really somebody proclaiming their own goodness toward God. In other words, uh, you know, toward God or about God. In other words, what they're doing, they're talking about, you know, their stand in God and what they do for God in the sense of their convictions. So they're saying, you know, I don't live this way, but I live this way, I live this way, and I live this way. And he says, okay, that's great, but I want to know, is there anybody out there that's going to be faithful to it? Because you can talk all day long what you believe and talk all day long what your conviction is, but when the pressure's on, are you going to remain true to it? That's what he wants to know. Are you going to remain true to it? Or are you going to back up every time the pressure's on and, and go ahead and bypass your, your conviction? And now we got this whole thing to deal with. Listen, I've seen this time and time and time and time again with people that deal with addictions. This is where it is. They state, they make the statement, I ain't never going there again. I ain't never doing that again. I, you want to just say, shut up. Just shut up and just grow up. Don't worry about what you're going to do or not do. You don't even need to let that come out your mouth yet. Just grow up. You'll be amazed how much of that mess will fall off. But you're a sinner, and I ain't never going to go there again. You just know, just wait about a week. And they bypass that. They cross. Then you don't see them for two months because of condemnation and guilt. I ain't justifying anything. I ain't condoning anything, and I ain't make excuses for anything. I'm saying how it works. The word says, don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. That's how it works. So they're better off to just say, I choose to grow up in God. Okay, get your butt to church, keep coming to church, and every time these doors are open, do it. Praise God when we're praising. If you don't feel like lifting your hand, do it again anyway. Well, I don't feel like coming, come anyway. Just do it, just do it, just come. And you'll find that all that stuff just starts falling off. Next thing you know, you're seeing things different. You're feeling different. All of a sudden, you're now snapping a plumb line for a real praise God. Anybody hearing me? I didn't necessarily choose to get into all that, but I did. Anyway, the point is, is how it works. So you can say all day long, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do this. But he wants to know, okay, that's great. But who can find a faithful man? Who's going to find somebody that's going to hold true to it? So I want to know, is there anybody here going to hold true to it? I believe that. I believe it. Okay. So you got to settle that. So if you're going to say, okay, I'm going to draw a line, then just settle it right now. I, I'm staying it too. Praise God. All right. Now, verse, um, 
verse, um, verse 7. Let's put that up because it actually, uh, in fact, some of the texts, some of the translations actually put the two verses together. Um, so then it says, the righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. That's a pretty good promise. And a lot of times we use that verse when we're dealing with, you know, integrity, talking about integrity and honor and honesty and sincerity and things like that, which is nothing wrong with that. But um, so let's, Karen, back it up to verse 6 again. Let me read it kind of all the way through again. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, okay, but who can find a faithful man? Now, again, verse 7, the righteous man, in other words, really it brings out a man that's willing to, to walk it right, amen, talking about a loyal man to this thing, a man walks in his integrity, okay, okay. In other words, this word integrity. Let's see here. I must have. Let me get to the. I didn't turn to it, did I? All right. <clears throat> so it talks about a man who walks what he says he believes. So the whole thing in context here is dealing with. In fact, Karen, I don't know if I told you to turn. To, you got the amplified in that. Verse 7, by chance, or not? You don't have that? Okay. So, uh, but the Amplified kind of brings it out, you know, that a man, uh, this man is walking what he says he's going to walk. So, who can find a faithful man? Well, he says, well, this righteous man is going to do what he says he's going to do. Well, what's the benefit of that? Well, one thing is your kids are going to be blessed. Come on now, how many times have you heard, you know, you know, do as I say and not as I do? How far did that get you? But if you walk what you say you believe, amen, it'll affect the next generation. That's a promise. See, that's kind of what it's bringing out. So a loyal man, a loyal uh, man, a faithful man, a righteous man, uh, that, that's going to do what he says he's going to do, amen, he walks in it. And so what happens, oh, thank you, Karen. Uh, the righteous man walks in his integrity, blessed, happy, fortunate, enabled are his children after him, praise God. I like that. Hey, enviable. Uh, there it is. Amen. To be envied. Hallelujah. Well, how's that happen? Well, because you're willing to, to walk what you say you believe. Come on. I, how many know your kids are watching you? How many know that's not just your kids? But I want you to know that when you don't walk what you say you believe, when you'll bypass your convictions, it not only affects your life, it affects their life. When you live it, they're blessed. When you don't, the enemy comes in and ransacks the house. Are you with me? See, there's, there's some benefit to living this thing. Amen. Let's now go back to the New Covenant. We're going to go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. Are you still glad you came out on a Wednesday night? Yes, sir. All right. 1 Timothy. I mean, you know, when you think about, um, you know, just living this thing, it ain't just about you, is it? Not just about you. Um, you know, you got a family, you got friends, you got you know, co-workers and things like that. You got friends in the house of God, friends outside of the house of God. You got, and, um, you know, your life in God. You, many of you have heard me say this, you know, probably a hundred times, but your life in God is definitely a private thing, or a personal thing, I mean. It's personal, but it's never private. 
because your life is meant to be seen by all. Uh, you're the light. You're the salt. You're the difference maker. Amen. Uh, so everywhere you go, um, people are going to notice things. Everywhere you go, people are going to know who you are. So I tell them, I am a believer. <laughs> no, well, anyway. Uh, but the point is, praise God, everybody does. They recognize, and your kids especially. Okay, I'll leave that one alone. But anyway, uh, Karen, jump down to verse, is it verse 16? Let's read that, and then we'll come back up. Take heed to yourself and to, and to the doctrine and to what you believe, the teachings, the insights, your, your convictions. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and and, yeah, see, it affects other people. So it ain't just about what it does to you only, but also, amen, those that are around you. All right, now let's back up to verse 12. Let's go up there now. Thank you, Karen. Let no one despise your youth. That's good news, right? Now, he's, of course, he's talking to Timothy in context. And, uh, uh, you know, Timothy was a younger guy, uh, but... Uh, um, it, it, the word it's it's uh, the word youth here not only refers to newness or uh, or age in the sense but um, up where you came from. So in other words, let no one despise um, up where you came from. In other words, maybe somebody has a different background. Uh, you might say, well, you don't, you know, I came out of this or I came out of that. Well, it doesn't matter what you came out. Of. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. Let no one despise that. Let no one, uh, you know, we're not going to look down on that, right? Come on. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter, you know, your color, your, uh, your economic status. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, how old you are, how, how young you are. In fact, um, uh, Jackie just told me they got another uh, 70-some-year-old uh, individual got saved uh, in the nursing home this week. Right? Okay. Now, that's, I praise the Lord. Amen. So it doesn't matter how, when you've got saved. Amen. The, pro the point is that no matter where you're at in this walk in God, be an example. And so Paul's talking to Timothy, be an example. It doesn't matter how everybody's viewing you, what they think as far as, you know, where your status or anything. You, you just choose to be an example. Well, part of, you know, walking this thing and, uh, you know, having some convictions, amen, is about the fact that we're an example. We hold true to things. Well, and every time you cross those lines, you kind of lose your example. Right? <laughs> somebody, uh, I've asked this happened several times, but uh, somebody said, you know, uh, you know they, they don't, nobody let, let's go in my past. Everybody holds my past against me. Well, you know, dude, every other week you're, you're, you're coming back to that and doing that, so you keep updating your past. You keep updating your past, nobody's holding your past against you. You keep updating it. Anyway, let that sink in a little bit. Amen. So if you're going to keep doing the same things you used to do, then, you know, they're, come on. Anyway, the point is, amen, be an example. So draw the line, snap the plumb line, so to speak, cross over, amen, and let's do this thing right, and let's be a, a right example to people around us, right? And, of course, uh, he's telling, he, he uses some different illustrations. You know, he says, uh, uh, be an example to the believers in word. Okay, everybody say in word. This is good, right, in word. Um, 
I'm talking about your mouth. Not just not really just talking about just your your you know the the word of God. He's talking about in in word means your speech. This is what this one means. So be an example to believers in your speech. Took a few years to work on that one. Come on, somebody. Come on. And uh, so, uh, you know, uh, but that's, that's an area. You know, you may have to say, you know, yeah, I need to, to kind of clean that up a little bit. Well, that's okay. Then let's do it. Well, yeah, I'm not really there yet. Well, I know, but you're at least working there, right? You're moving toward it. Yeah, praise the Lord. And, you know, as you kind of move forward, you just pretty soon, you, you know, you're, you know you're, you're settling it. Now you got conviction about it. I don't talk that way no more. I don't act, you know, I don't let that come out of my mouth anymore. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. So that's a one way to be an example. Um, oh, another way is in conduct. That's good, right? Are you still with me? Okay, the word in conduct here uh, means in actions. Okay, that makes sense. Conduct or actions. Um, so there's certain actions. Okay, to be an example. Now remember, whenever it's not a faith, it's sin. So if you're bypassing your convictions all the time, okay, now, you know, not only is it now opening the door for the enemy to come in and ransack you, come on, you have to understand that you're losing your your example, I never did define that. I should probably define that for you. The word example means uh, a pattern, a resemblance or model or a type of, so example. So, um, you know, a pattern. So, you know, you're an example. You're, you know, you're, you're um, you know, a pattern. You should be a pattern to those around you. To say, well, how do we live this way? They should be able to look at you and go, like that guy. Well, then you cross the line, and it's like all of a sudden now you lose that again. Still with me? Now, again, there's no condemnation, uh, but every time you open the door to this mess, here it tries to come on you. Amen? It does. So, <clears throat> make a decision. Snap a plumb line. I refuse to talk that way. I refuse to act that way. Then it says in love. Well, you know, that's a, that could be a big one. Well, if you knew my neighbor, you wouldn't say that. Well, yeah, you might have a stinker of a neighbor. So what do you do? Well, um, what do you think you should do? Well, um, I don't know. It could be, uh, you know, the Lord just tell you, stay away. <laughs> I'll love you from a distance. Could be. Could be Spirit of God. I've had people say, you know, uh, things like, uh, you know, the Lord told me to, to make them a pie. Well, make sure you make one they like. You're going to do that. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to be an example and in the area of, of love. And um, let's see, is it actually defined any different? The word love just actually brings out two attitude, too, involved in this. Wow, yeah. That's another whole other sermon. Huh? How about attitude, huh? So walking in love or in a good attitude with others, amen, would be a good thing. So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, whatever's not a faith, it's sin. So if you're making a decision, I'm going to walk and change this area of my life, but yet every other, every other day you're crossing that line again, and you're just, you're just constantly being hit with condemnation and guilt. Amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
the truth. So it's just better to just say, you know what, let's just settle this thing and get on past this thing and get it, get it, get it working. All right, in faith. How about that? That's a good one. In faith. Okay. Uh, no, it's in spirit. Did I mix one? Miss one? I missed one. In spirit. Okay. This one actually is, is the word spiritual. We're talking about spiritual movement. Okay. So, um, you know, just how you conduct yourself with the things of God and in spirit, you know, in, in your time with God. Uh, these are things, you know. Uh, that, how many know you could probably you could probably work on that a little bit? Well, how's your prayer life? Right, do you take any time to pray? Um, when uh, when things are going on, uh, what's the first thing you want to do? Pray or is it panic? Yeah, that's a good one. Panic or call somebody else. Are you still with me? Yes. So these are all things that you can be an example in. All right, and and settle some things. Have some conviction about things. Amen. Uh, I remember uh, one time, uh, this early on, I just, I like to use some of the early stuff because it, you know, I was about as dumb as a stump when it came time to a lot of this stuff. And, uh, but as I was learning, as I was growing, uh, most of this is during the times when I was in youth ministry. And, um, you know, I learned some of these things. And I've learned that when somebody, you know, stopped and said, I have a, uh, a problem, instead of just, you know, brushing them off and saying, you know, well, I'll pray about you, which mostly means I'm going to forget about you in about two seconds here. Come on. And then again, you open the door for something else. But anyway, I'll leave that alone. But the, the bottom line is I, I found that it's just better just stop and say, let's pray right now. And just grab their hand or something and pray, right? And, um, and I, I found that you even get a lot more results when you do that. You know, so I've, um, I've used uh, some examples of this before, you know, uh, praying with a gentleman uh, one time and he were working in the mill, and he's working on uh, a style machine, uh, uh, boring style, or barren, um, what do you call them, bore, bore holes in the styles. Uh, anyway, the point is, is uh, he's way up in the air, and he's feeding the machine, and, and I'd heard he wasn't doing good. So I went up there and just uh, talking to him, and he just said, yeah, I just got this, this heavy migraine it's been had for several days, and I just, whatever, whatever. Okay, so I said, well, uh, uh, you want me to pray for you? And he says, yeah, well, he assumed I was going to walk off and go somewhere else and pray. <laughs> so I just laid hands on him and prayed right there, and he just froze because he didn't think I was going to do it right there. And, uh, and I think I scared it out of him because <laughs> he felt better after it's done. <laughs> but the point is, praise God, is like, but yet I noticed that it was, it was effective, and so the more I did that in the mill, the more they came up and said, hey, I need you to pray. See, it became an example, so they knew that when you go over there to that guy, he's just going to pray for you, you know. Uh, one of the gals one time, her sister, um, was in, had fall, fallen, in, fallen into a coma. And her mom had called her at the mill and said that whatever it was she had, and she in the hospital, and, and uh, at the time I was running a big bandsaw, cutting parts out, and I remember she was standing on the other side of this bandsaw, and she just says, tell me the story. And I said, well, let's pray. All right, so I grabbed her hands, and the bandsaw's still running, you know, and I just grabbed her hands on each side of the blade, and I, we just commanded her to wake up and, uh, you know, said a, prayed a few other things, and she let go, and she walks to the, back to the room, uh, back to the, uh, where the phone was, and called her mom back, and her mom says it was the craziest thing. All of a sudden, she just sat up in the bed, totally awake. It was the craziest thing. And she came back going, 
We'll see a lot of that kind of stuff. That's about being an example. So it starts stirring that in others. Amen. It stirs that in you, too. You'd be amazed how it begins to uh, generate some things in you. Amen. So these are just things being an example in. Amen. And having some conviction about things. Praise God. Um, so in faith. Is that, that one I didn't did I do that one yet or not? In faith. Um, well, it makes sense. You're trusting God. That's what we've been talking about, right? So trust and confidence in God. Um, are, you, are you trusting God more today than you were yesterday? That's a good thing to think about. How about impurity? That word refers to character, okay, in character. Uh, how's your character? Is your character in a place that it's an example or not? Now, listen, I'm not here to beat on anybody. That's not my point. My point is, is these are just areas that as you're growing in God and challenging yourself to go a little, a little bit higher in God and, and uh, you know, the, those convictions begin to, uh, you know, change and shift and adjust. And pretty soon you're, uh, you know, you're, not, you're not as apt to, you know, go back that way anymore. You've settled some things. And, uh, but yet just understand that when, you, when, you, you know, you, when you're going to say you're going to do it, then let's do it. Let's settle it. Amen. And not be back and forth all the time. All right? Because it just, it just messes with you. And the enemy just has a heyday on that kind of stuff. All right, anyway, so anyway, so verse 13, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, okay? So in other words, uh, you know, get this stuff settled, amen? Learn some things, grow in some things, amen? And I mean this with all my heart. I, uh, you know, I've said this many times and said it a little bit earlier in the message today. Um, you know, people have come to me all the time and want to say, well, you know, I got this problem, and I got this. Listen, I don't care about your problem. I don't care about your problem. I mean, I'm, I'm not being rude or mean. It's just... Just come and grow. Just come and learn. Just come and hear more, hear more, hear more. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And amen. And, and you keep hearing it and you keep hearing it. Pretty soon you all of a sudden you notice, wait a minute, where did that thing go? But when you keep making that thing your thing, you know, we always talk about, you know, speak to the mountain to be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. Don't go around giving everybody guided mountain tours. You know, we want to speak to that mountain and get it gone. So uh, the reason I say that is because I, I see too many times where we're, I'm going to do this. And you don't settle it. And then the first time the pressure comes on, and now we don't see you for a month. Because you're too beat up from condemnation and guilt because you crossed the line. Anybody hear me? Yeah. And, uh, you know, when, uh, of course, this ain't my message today, but, you know, we can do a message on let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's what it's dealing with. Okay, don't just... Don't go around saying you're going to do all this and not do this. Just let your yes be yes in the sense of, I choose you, Lord. All I know is I'm going to grow today. All I know is I'm taking a step forward today. I say yes to you today. Amen. And you just, that's what you do. Just say yes, amen, and just keep going. And little by little, all that starts taking care of itself. Pretty soon, those convictions begin to rise. Pretty soon, you say, you know what? I don't talk that way no more. That ain't who I am. A lot of it, too, another part of this is identity. You start coming to who you are. And the more you find out who you are, amen. Listen, when you find out who you are, not who you were, but who you are, the who you were falls off. And a lot of people are looking for, you know, pray to get it all off. And the bottom line is just keep finding out who you are and who you were falls off. That's the work of the Spirit, right? Going from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's a work of the Spirit. Amen. 
And also, you'll find yourself falling a lot less under condemnation and guilt along the way. Because whatever is not a faith, sin. Are you, are you seeing? All right. Uh, what's next here? What, uh, what verse are we in? 14. Now, do not neglect the gift that was in. Of course, he's talking to Timothy because they had laid hands on, prayed over him. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you uh, by prophecy with the laying on of the hands uh, of the eldership. And actually, that fits a lot of us, too, because how many of us have had words spoken over us? I'm all right. You know, maybe at times you came up on a prayer line and we had hands laid on us and, and somebody, you know, by the Spirit of God made a, made, made a statement to you and you could take that and say, hey, praise the Lord. And it's like it, it's kind of like lights the fire, so to speak. Praise God. And so this is kind of some of them things he's talking about. Verse 15, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. Ever say entirely. entirely. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all, right? So that's what it's about because it, you know, you're never going to get past that. There's always somebody going to be, somebody's watching you. That's why understanding the fact and, you know, getting some of this alive in you is necessary because that's part of it. Sometimes, you know, you get going along and you stumble or something, and then you get all mad because somebody called you on it. Huh? Am I right? I always, I, I, I welcomed it, to be honest about it. And don't get me wrong, I mean, if you got any kind of hint of pride on you, it's going to beat you up. But um, I welcomed it. I, uh, um, I believe in you live God loud, so you guys get your own conviction on that. But to me, I believe live, live God loud, and so everybody knows what, you know, where you're at, what you stand for. And uh, not that you're pushing anything on anybody, but you just, you just learn to live out there loud because they're going to help you grow up. Who will? That heathen. Because anytime you cross the line, they'll let you know it. And they're quick about it. Hey, I, I, I thought you said that you believe God for... It's like, you're right. Somebody says, well, I don't like to do that because I don't want nobody doing that. Well, what's wrong with that? It helps. Me and Trudy used to, in the early on days, uh, well, we probably still do a little bit of this, but early on days, we used to kind of call each other, especially about our words in our mouth, right? Right? Today? Did you, did you call me on the carpet today? You probably. Did I call you on the carpet today? Did I? Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. <laughs> no, we, we kind of keep each other, you know, in check. You know, right? Come on, this, you know, we're believing God for something, and what are you doing saying that? That don't line up. But you're right. You're right. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So don't get mad. Just put a smile on your face. Suck it up. Grow up. Go higher. Come on, right? So anyway, um, I used to, early on, I thought it was fine to, to do that because I felt like, uh, you know, these people, they help you grow up. A lot of folks that, you know, say, hey, you know, uh, I heard you cuss. Are you supposed to cuss? Well, not really. Or I heard you did this. I heard you, you know, you were talking about, you know, God doing this. How come now you're saying that? And, and they're all heathen. Yeah. That's cool. And then um, it, I always found it, it, it helped because... Uh, um, not only did it do something for me, but when I would apologize to them for doing that, it, it gave me a place in their life. 
right? It's not, I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes early on and still make a few. Um, but uh, I remember one time uh, working at the time, we were running a, a big um, shaper unit and uh, shaping, putting some, you know, cutting some wood off the, uh, the part there and, and it busted. And, uh, and because it's an open blades, uh, it didn't, this particular one had some massive uh, heads on them and they're open. And so you got these jigs you're working with, and so all of a sudden a piece of wood once in a while will get sucked into the head, it just, it just explode, and of course you're going to get hit by some of it. And um, they had me caged in, literally. I was caged in because parts would fly, but you're in there. <laughs> so needless to say, I, up to this point, okay, I'm sitting there, I'm all mad, right? I mean, I got all my verses, I'm going every day, I'm quoting my word, and I'm doing it. Speaking the word, doing it. Come on, man! I'm just growing, and and I, but but uh, that day for some reason something was was said, and and all of a sudden I just started feeling like you know nobody appreciates me. I'm doing this work, and I'm hardly getting paid for it, and nobody should have to work this machine, and man, nobody should be behind this cage. Nobody should be doing this, man. This is like man, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? I know you guys probably never done these things, but I did this. And so I'm sitting there running this machine, kind of, you know, cussing under my breath. All of a sudden, boosh, bam, boosh, boosh. And I'm like, that's it. I took that jig and I heaved it over the, over the uh, cage. Yeah, one of those moments, right? And I heaved it. And I'm like, in the second I let go of it, I go, no, too late. 1,400 employees just happened to be standing there. No, not many, but there was there were a bunch of them all saw it because I threw it high enough. So it was right through the lights. You could see pieces flying everywhere. It went over and they're all watching and just busting apart. And I'm looking, oh, what have I done? And they're all, the preacher man. Yeah, preacher man. Yeah. They're all looking. I mean, the forklift stopped. They're all, yeah, how you can imagine. They're all like, oh, if he can't handle it, none of us can. <laughs> and they all come up, and they're like, what's going on? Oh, no. And they said, man, I don't blame you a bit. I said, no, no, wait, time out, brakes, hold it. I said, what I did was wrong. I apologize. I shouldn't have threw a fit. It's my own fault. And I'm now I'm gluing pieces back together. <laughs> Having to apologize to everybody that saw it. Somebody says, Well, I don't know why the point in that. Well, because I'm going somewhere. Come on. And either I'm going to grow up or I'm not. Either I'm going to settle it or I'm not. Either I'm going to take a step forward and suck up my pride and be a little bit humble here and, and make it right. And I found that when I did that, even though it was a, a bad thing, but in the end, I, I won a place in the hearts of a lot of those employees because they saw a man that humbled himself in the midst of it all, apologized, and tried to make it right. And there was a whole lot of uh, miracles that transpired after that whole thing. And it, God took something bad and ugly that some dumb thing, some dumb decision that I did, come on, 
and still through the mercy of God and by the blood of Christ somehow turn that thing around. And, and, uh, but it came as a result of willingness, come on somebody, to, to humble yourself, amen, right? Be an example. Everybody okay? Now, I didn't, you know, come in here today to do all that, but, uh, but the bottom line, I think it's, it's worthy of, of noting that that's how this, this works, you know. Um, you know, you, again, snap that line, okay, I'm going this way, because if I don't do what I did there, um, I'm going to be beat up the whole rest of the week, because I just embarrassed myself in front of everybody. You know, I'm here talking, just trust God, believe in the Lord, walk right. Let's live this thing. In fact, in my cage, I'm spray painted, okay? I got literally spray painted. I got a fire in my bones and I can't shut up. Literally, about letters about this high. Okay? Was it Jeremiah said that? I got a fire in my bones and I can't shut up. And uh, so I, I sprayed that verse on the, on, the, on the thing. So, yeah, could you imagine? Everybody's looking and I got a fire in my bones and I can't shut up. Yeah, right, preacher. Well, anyway, but it's all about being an example, right? Amen. What did the message translation say of that one verse? If the way you live isn't consistent with what you believe, then it's wrong. It's wrong. And I was wrong. Didn't matter how my little emotions felt. It was a wrong action. It was a wrong decision, and I had to make that wrong right by an apology. Got awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house tonight. One last uh, uh, text. Let's go to James 1. I just, I just thought um, with, this, uh, with, with this uh, topic tonight, I thought maybe by reading this, it might have a little different spin in our thinking um, with what we heard tonight. Um, verse 22, uh, I'm going to read down a few verses here. It says, but this is James 1, 22, but be doers of the word, right? And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. I mean, you know what? if you're just going to be a hearer only, then ultimately you're deceiving yourselves. For if anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's going to be like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror, uh, for he observes himself, he walks away, and he forgets who he is, right? He immediately forgets what kind of man he was. In other words, he, he has no idea of his identity. And so, uh, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty or into the word and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of that work, then what happens? Then this one will be blessed in what he does. And I just thought this text, just, just because of what we're talking about, um, maybe it kind of takes a little different spin for us uh, today, um, you know, because when you start talking about convictions and things, um, you know, this is what it's about. It's about settling it. Amen. So, um, you know, I'm not just a hearer. I'm a doer. You know, so this is how you live. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to live this way. I've settled it. Praise God. And don't be like the guy that walks in the mirror and, and then walks away and goes, you know. We're, we're, we know who we are. We've settled it. Amen. We got some identity in Christ. We know who we are, where we're going. We know, praise God, what we're, what we're believing for and where we're headed. Praise God. Hallelujah. We're not back and forth, up and down, in and out. We're, we're settled on the inside. We got some conviction. Is anybody hearing me today? 
What a service. Did you get something tonight? Well, there we go. Let's, let's leave it at that. All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Appreciate you letting me kind of get through some of that. And a little bit different kind of word tonight, but uh, uh, <clears throat> praise the Lord. I don't think I throw anything anymore. I don't think so. I don't know. I might have a few things I wanted to throw. But anyway, praise the Lord. But you know what? You actually do change and you actually do grow and you actually start becoming who you're called to be. And you just made the decision to keep taking one step, one step in front of the other, and just keep growing, keep moving, keep doing, keep hearing. And little by little, praise God, those convictions begin to. Uh, to begin to anchor you a little bit and, and, uh, and settle some things, praise God. Amen? Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thank you for your word, for these principles today. I'm thankful for the hearers here today, Lord God, that they truly did have an ear to hear and a heart to receive. And Father, I'm thankful too that they're not just hearers, but they are doers, praise God. Hallelujah. So I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for our convictions and those things that you're stirring in our heart and uh, that we can go on and be the examples that we're called to be. Hallelujah. Be the light, be the salt, be the difference maker everywhere we go. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.